And welcome to the Wrestling Headlines WWE Raw Review. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and I realised right when it was 11, <laughs> I had to go live, that I wasn't wearing my Wrestling Headlines shirt, just a plain old t-shirt. <laughs> oh yeah, got to remember to do the do the marketing as well. Mm, yeah. Also, I've had to re-enter half the settings for the stream, so it'll be fine. It's fine, it's fine. Hopefully the bitrate keeps up. Anyway, my name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp. You can follow me on Twitter, damn Imp, and all that stuff, that's right there. And today we're we'll talking about Monday Night Raw. Two weeks from WrestleMania, I think three or four weeks until WrestleMania Backlash. Just realised in the video, we're talking about the logo, I'm rubbing my breast. <laughs> I've been just played back to me. Oh, oh why'd I do that, Matt? <laughs> anyway, Monday Night Raw. I've really, it's one of those episodes when it finished, and I know I've got to make a thumbnail for YouTube, and I've got to put in the effort for that, for the website, for whatever, and I, it's just one of those ones where at the end of the episode, I was like, guess I'll talk about the Charlotte Flair stuff. Because that, that's the thing which then carried over into Raw Talk especially. And I guess like the next day from the first news pieces I saw, but it was from WWE's Twitter account. It wasn't fans talking about it. I feel like like social media, especially as an Englishman, this week was, co- it was completely, like there was no ability to judge what was the main wrestling thing talked about because everyone that I knew, especially my English circles, they were talking about the Super League. And that was the big thing. That was the big thing grabbing everybody's attention. So, like, I had the I had the weird thing where I couldn't do my normal thing. I couldn't go <laughs> onto social media, get the gist of the flow of, like, what's going on, just the wrestling world, what's the main talking points, just because it was taken over by something else. Oh, well. <laughs> but that said, this Raw wasn't as bad as last week, even though this week I had a fatigue point when I didn't last week. I want to say about two hours in, it was uh, during the Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, uh, their, their tag team matchy thing. During that, when I realised there was a full hour left, I was like, oh my word. <laughs> right, okay, it's a full hour left. Like, when that hit, that's my fatigue point. But I would say this was the better show in, like, that anyway. Even though I had a fatigue point, I enjoyed this show more. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's maybe because I knew what waters we were swimming in. Because a lot of... This show is basically just swimming in those same waters as last week, but it's not a surprise which waters they are. Like We know exactly where they are. We know exactly who's working with who. You know when somebody comes out, who's coming out next. Like, it, it was that kind of feel to it, with a few more like nice introductions like the US title with Sheamus and all that stuff. So in terms of like a quick <laughs> one minute, how could we this week? It wasn't as bad as last week. <laughs> but like to say how low... But I would still say that as we are onto like onto WrestleMania backlash, we are rolling. This was yet another things happening offering from Raw. But the number one in the things happening, the happeningest of the things, was Charlotte Flair, who came out in the first hour for a quick chin wag. Uh, she uh, she was just saying that like she can pull a Jericho and defeat Ripley and Asuka in one night. Uh, cue the interruptions for Asuka and Ripley. And that it hit me during Ripley's entrance as well that they were playing booze. Like, I mean, I guess, like, they've done nothing to make me not like her, but I 
guess that means that she's the baddie. <laughs> I guess she played the things. Like, yeah, she's the heel. I don't quite know what she's done to the, like in action, in universe, to be, flat out be the heel. Because, uh, again, my thing is, if you're attacking a champion to set up a match, not necessarily automatically the heel if that one's a baby face. That's, you need to do something. But a little bit more maybe in this episode, but still. Anyway, Asuka, the default goodie in this, as Flair tries her normal talk, but the former war champion was having none of it. For Asuka, like, Asuka's the chosen one to be bestowed the opportunity of proclaiming bitch this week. <laughs> and she took it. She ran with it. She was the one person who was allowed to say it. And that ran into the main event where Charlotte Flair took on Asuka, with Ripley with a ringside seat as the lasses battered each other. Uh, Flair and Asuka really are rather good. The main event, like, like last week, like another strong competitive main event wrestled at a lightning pace with the dwindling TV time remaining. The same again for second week. The main event was really fun. Uh, Flair with the figure eight, Ripley with ringside. Uh, Ripley from ringside swiped her arms out from under her. Flair in anger at the Aussie as like the latest victim of the distraction roll-up. Uh, but she the heel are. And this is what leads into the kind of big thing, that I guess big thing, that happens with Raw Talk and all of this, where after the match she takes it out on the poor referee. And she just takes it out on the referee, she does, because she be the heel are. And yeah, they, she, she attacked the referee. The other officials come out to check on him and she attacks him again. Then they really push her back and she gives him a good old kick <laughs> again, like really showing the frustrations, like really blowing over with Charlotte Flair, uh, just to get to that point. Uh, as in, she's uh, talking her normal game and missing out of WrestleMania, but in her action where something goes a little bit wrong, she's completely flipping, uh, and that's what this was. Also, on, on Raw Talk, Adam Pearce comes out and announces that Charlotte Flair is suspended and is going to be given the comical fine of... Obviously, he didn't say comical fine. It was like, oh, you find this funny, guys. <laughs> of $100,000 for attacking an official. WWE's kayfabe fines are either laughably low or hilariously high. And, yeah, this goes with the latter. <laughs> Never change, WWE. Never change. Uh, yeah, so, with this, they've shown Charlotte Flair's kind of just annoyed not being on WrestleMania, but, but still proclaiming, I am Charlotte Flair. I am still the best. I will still beat everybody and be this amazing wrestler. However, you can tell it's gotten to her with the frustrations. And I like that. I like seeing that boil over and happen. And I think that's what this attack on the referee was. A boiling over moment. But of course, she's suspended. So immediately, number one question. How far into the show is it next week until she turns up? <laughs> so that immediately, like, personally, I'd have her not be there like, next week. Just next week. Yes, I know you've just brought her back, but you suspended her in storyline. You know, for at least a week, go with it. <laughs> at least that one week. And then next week she can come back uh, after paying the fine because she's a flare baby. Woo. And just, yeah, all of that. It's one of those things where, because it's suspension, I'd really like them to go through with it and continue building this stuff to WrestleMania Backlash. They've got a bit of time to work with. Use it. Work with it. Go with it. Do good. Arr. Do the good. <laughs> and that's kind of what I'm hoping kind of happens here that said for me this is like one of the bigger things to talk about for Modern Night Raw and case in point within five minutes I'm done it's a very much things are happening <laughs> like I put a lot of effort into that Photoshop this week I think I'm really happy with it <laughs> it looked really good don't actually care about the storyline <laughs> like I'm not going to lie it's 
it's building nicely though. They could make me care by backlash. They've, it's got the building blocks of making me care, especially now that Charlotte Flair's there. You get the impression of, oh, they might actually go with it now. They might actually do something. They might actually care. Uh, that's the hope. That's the hope that they go through with that. But that is the uh, Charlotte Flair story going into WrestleMania backlash so far. Bigging herself up. Continue to do it again. Thought how great she was against the two championship opponents. Uh, assumably setting up a triple threat. And for me, the best part of her being suspended is that next week you can focus on Bay Ripley and Asuka. For just this week, it's fine. I know it's WWE. I know the likelihood is Charlotte Flair, it's going to be Charlotte Flair's interruptions in spite of her being suspended. It'll be something like that, that or like a surprise attack by Charlotte Flair or something. To just say, I paid my fine. I mean, no, it's a fine and a suspension, but it's what, it's what I suspect. A, a way to get her on the show. However, I personally, you've got enough time. You can just use this one week to build up Flair and, sorry, build up Asuka and Ripley. Just this one week next week. And then Charlotte Flair can come back and you will reap the rewards of trying to make us care a bit more. Just, you know, whatever you do, keep them well away of not ejecting Shayna Baszler. Please, it's the default thing to do. Just keep them away a bit. They can focus on each other. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's really all I've got to say about it. And I worry, or I hope, this will be quite a short, more like more review. Because even though, in terms of like a little showing of, well, why did I hit a fatigue window? Well, for me, I, when I do these reviews, I number every in-ring segment. I'm specifying in-ring because there's like backstage interview stuff, there's things set up. There's Alexa Bliss's things, which I also don't num. So I number every segment. So I know exactly, on every single episode of all how many segments there are. And from what I've, I've noticed, if that number goes into double digits, when I'm watching the show, there's a little relation of, oh, this show feels a bit long. How's it not coming to an end yet? And, that, and I've noticed when the shows are hitting more segments, because that means you've had more shorter segments. To do that, you've got to hit that. To, to hit double figures, you've got to do that. And they hit. They didn't just hit double figures. They went into eleven, which isn't their record. Just to, in the Thunderdome era, just to point that out, <laughs> they've had shows which have had more segments, and I felt way worse. But for me, uh, Ross felt the best when it's eight or nine, in ring specifically in ring. It felt like it's best when it's eight or nine. This week was eleven, and I felt it. That final hour, I was like, I can't believe. This isn't the final match. There's a full. Of course, we've still got Damien Priest, The Miz, Sheamus's Open Challenge, Charlotte Flair Asuka in the main event. Of course, but like in terms of my fatigue watching the show, my enjoyment of it, it's like yeah, this is arced relatively nicely into the Drew McIntyre Braun Strowman stuff. That can be main event. Yeah, it's arced relatively nicely. Wait, there's a full hour <laughs> still to go. <laughs> that was my main kind of complaint with it. Uh, when you, it's just a, it's not a. I guess it's a correlation, not a causation. I, I've drawn the correlation. And I've noticed I do tend to get fatigued whilst I'm watching it. Uh, but So more data is needed. <laughs> I collect more data. But again, here, 11, and I felt it at the Drew McIntyre Braun Strowman match. It's just, it means that in those first two hours, you've had a lot of shorter segments. And for me, that's not great, really, because I do have... Turns out I, I didn't know this. <laughs> There's a reason I kept track of it. Because I was, start, I was watching Raw, I was like, I'm getting tired of the show, of the show. I'm getting fatigued by it. To me, that made sense to track it as to, well, why, when, why am I feeling this fatigue? This week, it was just because I felt like a lot had happened. I was done. I didn't need anything else. <laughs> and then it felt like, oh, I've got another hour to go. Okay, fine. Fine. And yeah, it definitely entered things happening territory. 
But the, the things weren't as bad as last week. So if you want your pro, <laughs> that's your pro. That even though things happened, the things that did happen didn't, they weren't as wild as last week. Yeah, I, there were multiple segments I didn't really care about. That I felt like my time was being wasted. I'm like, where are you going with this? This is all executed, not that great. I wouldn't say this show was a massive improvement of last week, but I'm not, I wasn't watching it going, what, what are you doing? Again, when I know for a lot of the segments what bar I'm entering with, I've already I got my set expectations, where the last week wouldn't really have had those same expectations kind of set for each individual segment, like who are they feuding with, that type of thing. It's a Raw After Mania. Like, that's not there for this show. So maybe that helps it. <laughs> maybe that really does help it. Like the low bar was set, and they pretty much hit the bar. So I don't feel that's negative on the show. Whilst with the Raw After Mania, the bar, bar was higher, and then they hit that same bar they hit this week. It's like... Uh, less world-destroying stuff, I'll say that. <laughs> Nothing like, oh, um, making a point is just as good as a win. But is it, though? <laughs> but is it, though? Anyway, now we'll go through the show in order, starting with Drew McIntyre coming out at the start. We'll make our way through the April 19th episode of Monday Night Raw as we roll on to WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, yeah, Drew McIntyre opening. So first off, a sip of hot chocolate. Mmm. Well, that's... More chocolatey than... <laughs> Turns out I'll put, uh, maybe put in one extra spoon. Ooh, the delight. <laughs> anyway, when I guessed it on the Keeping It Strong Style podcast, I, one of the lines I said was, I'm extremely white. Proving it again. <laughs> anyway, the opening segment was Drew McIntyre coming out. After the main event of last week, the Scott has another title opportunity in four weeks at WrestleMania Backlash. But is MVP behind the attack by T-Bar and Mace? I don't know, David. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> uh, Drew ain't having none of the coincidences. Uh, continue to be like booked as a smart babyface of sorts, which is why they do like a when they go when they fall into a trope on a certain week. And Drew McIntyre is kind of booked like a babyface is in that match. It's like oh, but he thought he's paid so well as the smarter babyface, and when he falls for the same tricks, yeah, pays him as a bit. Uh, uh, but. As uh, Drew stepped to Porter, Mace and T-Bar struck again, uh, walking right past MVP as Byron says, there's something really fishy here, guys. <laughs> the building intrigue, when I don't have any. <laughs> I have, I've watched this and I'm like, zero intrigue. Um, to add to it as well, like the Retribution lads still in their masks uh, at this point, then right, walked right into an interviewing gorilla and talked their intentions via staccato, Animal names. I was like, yeah, zero intrigue with this. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Not a care in the world. Not a care. I, yeah, when I'm when I'm watching this, it's like you're trying to build the intrigue of is MVP responsible for the attacks by T Bar on and Mace on McIntyre and Strowman, and watching all of this, what they got across to me was. Don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> Nothing about this is intriguing. Uh, I will say, and even the way the masks came off, because I had it spoiled for me, again, being British, now and then things get spoiled for me. I had it spoiled for me that the mask came off. I was like, oh, they, so they did that as like a statement of, this is our kind of statement of intent here. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was not a statement of intent at all. As later in the show, I guess I will jump to it. Um, when it was hitting my fatigue point. Yeah, the masks are off. Like, if there's, like, one positive that came out of this show. 
And that McIntyre was facing T-Bar Mace by himself after what was set up earlier. He demanded it of Adam Pearce. He's like, well, yeah, I'll happily take them on. The big lads on one by one. And up against the odds, he got on top of those said odds, only for the baddies to cause a DQ and Strowman's music to hit immediately. As in, stomp, 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 ding, 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 ding. <laughs> as in, no delay whatsoever, straight into it. And immediately, like, somebody called Teddy Long. And... That took us straight into Jim McIntyre and Braun Strowman versus T-Bar and Mace in a tag team match. Like, the entire match, especially like the first part, commentary of putting over how big and tall the former Retribution lads are. I was like, oh, I really should have seen this tag match coming. <laughs> like, oh, they were constantly saying, look how tall they are, look how big they are, look how tall and big they are. And you're like, yeah, they are tall and big, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, I should have seen this coming. <laughs> Why didn't I? Anyway, big boys clash. Uh, Drew got the hot tag in this after Strowman, I, I guess, was trying to prove a point by being there for so long and then ended up making the tag. Uh, but yeah, and he got the hot tag to rip Mace's mask off and beat him with it for a DQ. <laughs> Not at all what I'd envisioned, seeing them unmask of, oh, they've taken the mask off, they're making a statement. Cool. No. <laughs> the exact, whatever the exact opposite of that is. Vaughn <laughs> Strowman. Sorry, Drew McIntyre ripping the mask off of Mace and beating him with it for a DQ. Don't even know what they did to get him to that point. Uh, yeah, telling the lad he's doing him a favour in the process. Vaughn Strowman then followed suit and ripped off T-Bar's mask. The two lads unmasked and all happy, victorious on the ramp. Because that's just as good as beating them. <laughs> Getting their masks ripped off and just hit over the head with them like a granny in a handbag. <laughs> um, yeah, that was... Not at all what I was expecting, I think I'll say. It's weird. I feel like I should be way more down on this than I am, but in terms of like the booking of Retribution, it's Retribution. This this is higher than they were, and it's one of the things that, well, at least the masks are off now. At least they can move on from that. And, I mean, the likelihood of them losing the names, that's also not totally a thing yet, as far as we know. But they are, they've at least lost the masks. Doesn't mean they're becoming Diamond Dijakovic. Doesn't mean they're going back to their former names. Or Dio Madden. Like, it doesn't matter. It's like, it, we don't know if he's doing that yet, but at least the masks are off. Even if, again, when I saw the masks are off, I was like, oh, that's a really good way for them to make a statement of change moving forward kind of thing to, I guess, help get into Ron Strowman, like you're, sorry, into Drew McIntyre, like you're not going to be facing T-Bar and Mace. We are, we are no longer under Mustafa Ali. But no. They competed in those masks. They fully intended to be T-Bar and Mace still. And then Drew McIntyre and Von Strowman were the ones to rip the masks off them and beat them with them. <laughs> and, they started, and they've got their hands raised on the ramp. It's like, yeah, we won. We got you. Didn't even do much in the match to, <laughs> to kind of amp them up to that point. Oh, it was a, it was a weird one. It was a weird one. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, it's retribution. It's difficult. It's weird. I want to... I want to complain that you're putting your number one contender for your top title in a feud with these lads. But in the booking of these lads, like my expectations couldn't be lower. So you've done a positive thing getting those masks off. But, you know, <laughs> same level of criticism as last week. He's feuding with the Retribution lads. I mean, at least they've got time to build. I will say there's quite a nice distance. Between Backlash and WrestleMania, you have got time to kind of build a bit and make me care a little. They've got time to do it. Like next week, they could do another advancement. Week after that, another one. The week after that, the last one. Like they have got time. 
it's right now it's kind of same level of criticism you've done a good with the masks but it doesn't mean on the show itself I thought the, the thing was good it's in the outcome yeah but the actual part of it <laughs> as in they got the masses beaten again I don't know why McIntyre's show would even reach that point I say yeah anyway let's go through the show in order I said I would I've totally flipped over into oh when the second comes up I'll talk about the entire thing not at all I was going to say. Anyway, uh, match the first match of the night. Double checking, I am indeed watching this week's episode as we saw the exact same scenario play out again as, as the second match as well. Alexander and Benjamin versus the Viking Raiders. Uh, yeah, big beefy boys arrive. Baddies grab a hold of the match. Eventually the hot tag, Viking Express for the win. As the second match on the show... And like at the end of the match, that Corey was calling it like a big win for the Viking Raiders. It's a really big win for the Viking Raiders for them to do that. And Amida's like, but it's the same win as last week. Almost playing out to a T. <laughs> like, almost identical. Like, oh, okay, right, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, it's his biggest. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it was really difficult to, to take this match in at all. Because it was, like, in terms of like the... Wait, played out as well, where Alexander and Benjamin were already out in the ring. Then the Viking Raiders music hits, and they come to it like, "Oh, it's time for the Raiders." It's like, oh, but it's it's almost identical to last week's return for them. <laughs> so I'm just like, immediately I'm checked out in terms of like a con, in terms of a con, like a negative on this week's show. Uh, it's again, it's the bar. They didn't they didn't lift the bar from last week, but they didn't dip any lower. It's the same level. It's just things happening. And that's what this felt like. This was an exact repeat <laughs> of last week. And in terms of like bringing me into the show, nothing turned me off. So, uh, I didn't think, yeah, as soon as I watched it, like, well, nothing could turn me off the show any quicker. In terms of like my interest to keep up with all and not skip anything, stay focused and in- intrigued with the show and, and keeping up with everything that's happening in it. No, first match, I'm out, I'm gone. Because you've given me an, a carbon copy. It's not even just like the same, but a little bit different, like with Kofi Kingston versus Elias late in the night, where it feels the same, but because it's not it's not exactly the same, like if I'm able to float it a little bit, I'll still criticise it, because you give me the same opponents again, but it is a little bit, it's not exactly the same. This was to a T, <laughs> exactly the same. And as it was going on, I wasn't paying attention. Like, why would I? And then the Viking Raiders hit the Viking Express. It's like, yeah, same as last week. Like there's, there's, it's even, it's not even building on a not when they bring somebody back and they just run through for a few jobbers or anything, something like that. It wasn't even onto the next jobber type of stuff. It was, it felt like it was the exact same level as last week. So I spent way more, way too much time on it. <laughs> for me, it's, it's I call it. I felt it felt extremely lazy. But to me, I can only speak as the viewer, and as the viewer, I can say I checked out. I didn't care. Moving on. <laughs> just, and if it happens again next week, I'm going to start skipping it. Because there's no... Uh, again, I'm not a normal viewer. I, like, in terms of what a normal viewer would do, would they stick around for this? Because one, I'm English, so I watch it recorded, so I can just wind through it. If I'm a, if I'm a normal person... I mean, I'd be watching it on YouTube if I wasn't covering it for a website. Because <laughs> that's the other thing as well. I do cover this through a website. So even though I'm zoning out, I do try and focus back in. And like long term over a three hour show, that's not great if you keep having to do that. But I would happily say this only happened like twice throughout the show. 
there was a lot that I did like <laughs> on this show. I, suppose, I wouldn't say they raised any of the bars from last week. Because uh, last week, for me as well, I wouldn't give it a zero on Madison because there were things I liked last week, like Charlotte Flair's return promo. But again, this week it was nothing massive. Anyway, let's move on to Orton and Riddle. So, Orton had a backstage interview. Riddle interrupted him with his nonsense. And quick Robin to the Pierce Cave. Randy Orton asking for a match, and here we are. And uh, before the break, uh, Riddle scooted past Randy with his like, I'm going to beat you to the ring <laughs> as he scoots past. And that one got me. <laughs> sometimes the childish humour does get me. Like, sometimes I, sometimes it gets me. Like, I apologise. <laughs> I apologise that sometimes I laugh at Matt Riddle. Uh, well, like earlier when he's talking to Randy Orton, I just found him irritating because he is that toddler character going, just constantly on and on, and then this, and then that, and then this, and then this, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then we're gonna do that, and and then it's that. That's the humour, and I just zone out again. <laughs> it's the type of thing I just zone out with. But the scooter thing now and then gets me, and it's the element of surprise mixed in with the childishness. Like you know he's gonna scoot past, but also it's the fact that it's the serious wrestler who he's going to be having a match with, and he's like, <laughs> I found it funny. <laughs> it got me. But you talk, thinking about it in-world as well. I think Randy Orton was the perfect person to do that to, especially with then what happens in a match. Like, this week, like, this week, it really matters what happens bell to bell. Although, night slipping is just as good. Like, Riddle continuing to pick big fights after getting his book whipped by Lashes last week, this time with a game plan at least, like again and again trying to make Orton go to sleep, who in return stomps on his little toesies. Uh, Orton shouting at Riddle is where the story kind of came in, and for me tied quite nicely with him going, Nyeh! was like, just shouting at him, like, in this business, respect is very important, making sure Riddle had heard him. Vandy uh, letting the man know his antics are, on, are in the exact opposite to being respectful. Uh, but Orton was unable to teach that lesson as Riddle countered an RKO attempt into a crucifix pin, which is also the other side of Riddle, where he may do that stuff and Orton may have found it disrespectful. However, in the ring, Matt Riddle is extremely skilled and he showed that by counting an RKO into a pin. Yeah, I liked this all round, <laughs> really weirdly. And if you're going to, I guess, see if you can elevate Riddle from, I guess, temporary US champion. See if he can elevate him from that. This is not a bad way to do it. It gives some momentum against Randy Orton. He may lose the feud overall, but I feel like it's quite—it's a really good, I guess, character test, if not person test. Yeah, I, as a viewer, I feel like this was a really good first step. And Randy Orton seems to be continuing his fantastic run that he started last year, kind of giving back, helping the other guys there, and getting that roster over. Yeah, it's a great win for Matt Riddle. Really, really strong. Ooh. Another brave sip of my really chocolatey hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, next up was Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler versus Leia, Lana and Naomi. And this one's going to be quick. A division eternally spinning into nowhere. But this week's wasn't as bad as last week's, but it was a follow-up. So the bar wasn't particularly much higher, which again, is for me, is the set for Raw. This week, nothing massively hurt the show. Nothing massively improved it. Things happened. Uh, like, in this, match, in this one especially, a match happened for a bit, maybe a couple minutes, until we got interrupted for the thing that actually mattered, which was Rose and Brooke out on the stage presenting a full recap of last week. 
uh, angry Naya marched off the, up the ramp as commentary let us know. Oh, she's just been humiliated. She's got to go after them. Like, ah, okay. What a flat follow-up. <laughs> My God. <laughs> oh, and uh, Lana and Naomi grabbed the win, if that matters. Uh, later in the show, Rose and Brooke in an interview were determined to let us know that they, they aren't the bullies here. They're not the bad guys. They're not bullying Naya after this. She wouldn't shut up about it, so they're going after her. Naya then uh, turned up in chase. Shayna following her as well, annoyed at the loss. And then Angel Gaza. Angel Gaza? <laughs> okay. Angel Gaza wanting him some Naya. I guess. He was there at the end of the segment to end it. Like an SNL skit where it's like, we don't have an ending. Oh, let's do this random thing. Cool, that's the end. <laughs> okay, Angel Gaza's in. Are they setting up Gaza versus Reginald? Is this going to be a thing next week? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Is is it meant to be funny that Gaza, that all these men are in Tanaya? Is it the same joke as Ivar from last year? Is my, is my kind of worry here. <laughs> is this the same joke that they did this time last year, but with the sexes reversed? That's my, that's my worry where they're going with this. Because uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do it, <laughs> personally. Uh, just personally, just, just wouldn't do that. That said, because again, the main point is it's meant to be played for comedic effect. Because how could a man, is, is the line there. Like, how could they be full, how could they find Ivar attractive? Is the gag. That's the gag. So if you try and tell that same gag with a woman, I'm not entirely sure it'd go down how they want it to. Do apologise, my throat is getting incredibly sore. It doesn't matter. I'm near the end. I'm in the final hour. My fatigue point is upon us. because <laughs> It was this match. It was the next segment where we got a match set up. And then we got Kofi Kingston and Elias. Then we got Drew McIntyre, T-Bar Mace. And it was just like hitting the final hour. Like you're setting up matches in the second hour. That's so weird to me. Like my brain cannot latch on to that at all. Miz TV. Let's talk about Miz TV. A Miz and Mrs. Celebration special. Like, yeah, Miz with Maurice. It just makes him better in, like, every way. It's, like, in every way. Uh, tonight was their celebration. It was their night. A wee kiss as Pyro goes off all around the Thunderdome. A glass of the bubbly to the success of their show and Miz's upcoming 24 documentary. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Like, Miz and Maurice are fantastic pairing and Miz... Just works so incredibly well when Maurice is paired with him. Like, the character works so well. Cutie interruption. Uh, and as I was watching it, I was just like, I'm generally surprised it took this long for Priest to do so. He's <laughs> just waiting for it. Uh, I saw online, someone was like, oh, is Priest still in this? Like, yeah, it's WWE. They set that up last week. He's running to Backlash. They're probably going to have a match or something like that. Uh, yeah, but cutie interruption. Well, this week kind of maybe maybe we kind of rethink that because they've had the match now but uh, it's three weeks away the lad not having any of the way Miz won last week and uh, Maurice making Miz better again by eroding the cowardice and accepting the match before Priest even offered it which I did like and that took us to the match and at this point I'm like oh, I'm struggling quite a bit and yeah get ready to see this pairing quite a bit, at least over the next few weeks, if not the next couple of months as they run these pay-per-views. Uh, commentary saying that Priest is out here for retribution. Oh, mate, he, he just missed them. He's just wrestling McIntyre. <laughs> uh, this week, uh, Miz's cheeky roll-up plan didn't work. 
He instead got clapped and please hit the lights. He got the win. It, but it was the win after he tried the cheeky roll-up and that cost him. So maybe you can just say, oh, if it was Morrison out there instead of Maurice, I don't know. Or if they go for the different tactic. He's a heel. You'll think of something. You'll have an excuse and that'll keep us going. Because no, Feast winning here doesn't end it and move them on. No. They're going to have a match of backlash. Maybe we do get the handicap match or we get him versus Miz clean in some way. I don't know. I don't know how you work to that match happening clean. But yeah. Uh, anyway, yes. After, I guess after the Miz TV segment, because I'm jumping a bit over the place so I can talk about things together. We had Kobe Kingston versus Elias. And uh, back down the same folk city we go. Including a repeat of last week's music interruption. This time Woods on the base Mon. Like, so similar going in. This match felt so similar to the setup last week that Saxton even got confused in commentary if this was a tag match or not. <laughs> just like, yeah. Like, I just assumed it would be because we've already had an exact repeat tag match from last week. I just assumed so. Uh, yes. That said, I did laugh because New, New Day get me. Humour-wise, they, they tickle my bones. <laughs> I did laugh at Woods playing Stone Cold Steam to lead into Kofi, then doing like a Fez press and some mud hole stomping. <laughs> I really did like that. But Elias won clean in the end. Pleasant surprise face. <laughs> I'm just... The way this show's gone as well, and the way that it would go to like, to the end, you're just expecting a screwy finish. That's all I'm expecting. So the fact this had a clean finish, it's like, oh... Genuine positive surprise. Good on you, lads. <laughs> Good on you. Kobe's uh, attempt at a head scissors off the top failed, and the music man crashed on down with the elbow. Genuinely, that caught me off guard that we got a clean finish. And it's like, yeah, good on you. Good on you. You put the baddies over as he counted and he won. Kofi made a mistake. I'm fine with it. I like it. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I mean... It does mean we're getting the exact same pairings next week. Probably Woods versus Riker. I guess actually, the phrase I would use is it's not ins inspiring. I guess in terms of watching Raw this week, things happened. Nothing was in, like inspiring or felt particularly motivated. I just, just, it just was. <laughs> it just was. Uh, yeah. Again, there were little bits that I liked. But that, again, the entire show, as, as a whole, it felt like it just existed. I'm not going to remember any of this show. Like when I come to review, when I come to review, like in, in a month's time, when I'm doing this review, I won't remember anything from this. It's just a whole lot of nothing. Uh, Alexa's playground was after that. Her new friend Lily, amazingly, <laughs> photoshopped into Alexa's childhood photos. Uh, if Lily doesn't like you, she has no problem letting you know. And she doesn't like him and she doesn't like any of you uh, ah yes the you people <laughs> alright <laughs> Alexa's a heel then <laughs> she's done the you people line kind of she didn't do it exactly so I guess kudos where it's granted <laughs> uh, she doesn't like you people <laughs> so she's done the, she said the line say the line she said it she said the line <laughs> she called them you people uh, well, she didn't. You know what I mean. But, it's, yeah. Um, they split Alexa off from the Fiend so that she can be this Fiendish character or by her own in the women's division. Because it is, like... It's not... Uh, I don't know how they plan to do it. I don't think... I know they want to, 
but I don't think they know how they're going to. But this is setting it up, I guess, reasonably fine. There was no Fiend on this week's show. Uh, Alexa was saying you're not going to see him again or for a while. Uh, but we saw Bray last week. So I don't know if they made that up this week. It was like, oh, that'd be a nice twist. But he showed him last week. Ah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> he showed, showed Bray last week. Ah, but... Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know where they're going with it. And I, again, I think I said before with the Wyatt, a lot of the Wyatt stuff, like when you watch a one-week segment, you can go, my immediate thought is, well, I don't know where they're going with it. But I guess it was fine and it could be something good down the line. But it's almost that on, like, that feeling every week. <laughs> and I never really get that. Oh, I don't know. Where, it could be going something decent with it. Oh, but they never do. <laughs> they never are. <laughs> For me, the peak was the Fiend on fire. For me, that, to be fair, of the entire Fiend character, the peak was his debut. And it's just been downhill ever since then for me. But, the, like, I guess the the peak of the recent arc with Alexa and stuff, I really felt like that peaked at TLC in terms of interest as well. It's like, right, they've been doing these weird things, but the feeling has been, oh, we'll see where they're going with it. Because it, it's, it's purposefully not the best to follow. And part of that is them making it up as they go. Which, to, and in the start, something that Alexa herself was very open about and why she was enjoying doing the role. Because they're like, I could go anywhere. Isn't this, that's cool, isn't it? I mean, but if you write every part of your show like that, <laughs> they write the entire few like that and there never is an end game. Yeah, and like, I decide on one eventually uh, to get to the biggest show at WrestleMania and still not have an inkling where you're going. But yeah, for me, uh, setting the fiend on fire wasn't very well executed, but it was. I mean, the actual end fire bit was like no, <laughs> really not done that well. But it was it was a bit more out there, and the fiend on himself on fire charging at Randy Orton looked amazing, like uh, on fire charging into RKO. I thought that was a fantastic visual that I remember forever. That said, that's like the peak of this, but it's continued with the where's this going feeling. And uh, I don't know whether I don't know how much to critique this because I don't know where they're going with it, but it could set up to something. But is that is that continuous feeling? Is that feeling all the time? <laughs> That's what this is for me. And we're right back to there with them figuring a way, figuring out the Alexis character to adjust it so she can essentially do it in the women's division without Ray or the Fiend. Uh, yeah, it could be fine. Could be fine. But I don't know where they're going with it. <laughs> it could be perfect. Again, I, I get the feeling the plan is to like have her as a big heel in the Romans division. Yeah, I mean, Ripley debuting, Charlotte Flair returning. If Alexa gets in there as well, there is some nice variation. I guess, I guess it's some nice variation. It, it makes me sad for the whole, <laughs> I guess, the Fiend thing. So, oh my word, that an absolutely like magical point when The Fiend debuted against Finn Balor, like that kind of bit was fantastic. And that, it's just the aura and the atmosphere in the stadium around his debut was like, just, oh my God, this is fantastic. And the entrance is still amazing. Just that the atmosphere that is set when he walks out, it's something so incredibly unique. But I mean, like, yeah, as it's gone on. <laughs> WrestleMania was another point of, mm, right, okay. Oh, right. <laughs> of course, she's splitting them up. Alexa's the blatant heel, as she's been pointing out here. She's got her own demon in Lily, which I don't think makes much sense in her thing with The Fiend. It's retroactive booking and writing. 
using what you've got to then try and make this fit and make sense retroactively, like further down the line. Um, I guess it's one of the things, yeah. I don't want to critique it too hard because in the wrestling world of the Alexa's got the creepy doll thing, that's not, it's not a bad visual, it's not a bad thing. Like the idea of Alexa's got the creepy doll that was a secret, yeah, all of that. <laughs> that's technically fine, you know. But when I, somebody watches them review the show every week, they're, they're, they're having to jam it in, <laughs> like it, it doesn't naturally fit. <laughs> um, because then why is the fiend doing any of this? Why was there no mention of this before? Like this is completely brand new, never existed before this. Uh yeah, and they could go with it. They could go with some, I guess, interesting routes with it. Will they? I don't know. <laughs> I mean it's fair to say the, the fiend's gone some interesting routes. <laughs> it gets with anything. I'm stuck on it for a bit too long for something I'm not massively into. Like I there's a reason I gag about talking about something like it's fiend law. <laughs> because fiend law for me, it's just yeah, it's not a thing really and you can debate over it oh what about this and then this happened and that so yeah but it, law has to be established and none of it is it's just made up week to week with no grounded law no grounded establishment to it so yeah anyways talk about the final match i've been on about this mediocre raw for long enough <laughs> sheamus's open challenge something that i like and hope going forward that it's in a similar vein sheamus versus umberto carrillo uh, compared to cena uh, Shamu made it very clear that the title wasn't going to be on the line. It's like, you want to show up with the champion? Come at me. You can, can have a fight. If you want to fight with the champion, I'm right here. Fight me. But as in, the opportunity is of, for you to fight a champion, not fight for the championship. It's like, that's his own personal twist on it, and I really like it. About <laughs> this character especially. In terms of like new things on the show, absolute highlight <laughs> was the way that Shamu is doing his own spin on the senior US title run. And yeah, it's been a while since we've seen Cavillo, because that was the man who answered Seamus' open challenge. Now with abs and facial hair, the boy doth becometh a man. Uh, the bell never rung, and <laughs> the match never started. Uh, Seamus just gave the man a fight in the form of a beatdown and a bro kick before tossing off. And I loved it. <laughs> as a, especially as a first note for Seamus' US championship reign. Yeah, I loved it. I think it's, it's set an, ab, an absolutely fantastic note uh, to then kind of launch off with afterwards. And if you are doing the like mystery challenger, you can have him batter folk until somebody returns and comes out and set up a thing. Personally, if they are, if they've not just fallen off Keith Lee completely, this is a really good avenue to bring him back. Just has famous pick fights, beat up lads. Definitely smaller lads as well are being brave and stepping up the card, like the lower card guys like Kavio, like Gulak. Just having them step up and lose to Sheamus <laughs> in a beatdown like this, then he can bring back Keith Lee, and he can be the answer to all of this. Uh, yeah, and, and even have Sheamus run through Backlash and go to the next pay-per-view, and that's when you bring back Keith Lee. Assuming that this was booked with a plan, <laughs> immediately in my head, while I'm booking to the next pay-per-view, I'm not going like long. That's not long term. <laughs> I'm I'm not going like too far ahead, but I'm like yeah, you can get a double thing here, like do another open challenge at the backlash pay per view because he specifically, I think he said like when he's talking to Adam Pearce about it, I think he like said raw and then was like oh, or or whatever show that oh so there are plans to do this on a pay per view as well. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I generally like it. And yeah, it'd be a great avenue to bring someone like Keith Lee back, especially if you set that precedent of 
Seamus just immediately starting a fight with no regard for the bell. He was like, yeah, go with it. Positive. And, yeah, weirdly, <laughs> I'm ending this review. Well, I was like, yeah, it was mediocre. I wouldn't say they, re- they really lifted the bar much higher than last week, but we went in with an expectation this week and the bar wasn't lower. So I feel better. <laughs> but I'm ending on a genuine positive. It's like if last week I'd ended on the Charlotte Flair promo, because I was genuinely positive about that. It was just, you know, like third on the show and then it went downhill. <laughs> but yeah, I'm ending on a positive in Seamus and Boca Rio. It's a shame the show fatigued me before this point because I like the main event as well. Oh well. Yeah, so overall, not as bad as last week, oh, but, but it wasn't massively better. And it was an equal thing where there were some segments that I generally really liked, but it was mixed in with a lot of mediocre nothing happenings. Felt like they were wasting my time kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, again, just watch the bits you want on YouTube. I'd pick the uh, Charlotte Flair stuff, because uh, generally, as, as I put the effort into making Photoshop of it, clearly it felt like it was one of the better things on the show. Uh, Seamus' open challenge, I think for me, is the biggest highlight on there, really. I think, I think that's for me. And the positive, again, in Elias winning clean, just because it's not a screw finish on the show full of them. And Matt Riddle and Randy Orton as well. As a, just all of that, for me, was the positive. So yeah, there are positives to take away from this Raw. I still feel like the show is overwhelmed by the negatives, but there are positives there. If I'm making a list, positives exist. It's not entirely bad. Like that's stupid. Give this a zero out of ten. For me, a zero has to out of ten has to actively damage every single segment. Every single superstar featured comes out of the show bad or worse than they did coming in. And this show wasn't that. Randy Orton, Matt Riddle, especially. Randy Orton did a great job. Charlotte Flair, Asuka Ripley is building relatively nicely. And then, of course, you've got the you got, yeah, you got the fantastic Seamus US Open Challenge thing, which I'm all for. I'm all for. Anyway, that is the end of the show. As I remember, my Wrestling Headlines t-shirts. <laughs> it's definitely on. Uh, I will be back tomorrow for the NXT review. And what do you make of Monday Night Raw? What do you make of Charlotte Flair's suspension of her not being there next week? Of the, I guess, the whole storyline with the Raw Women's Championship? Personally, the biggest thing that's dragging it down is the pretty bad scripted dialogue I guess and Charlotte Flair's the only one that can deliver it which is why for me case in point not every single wrestler needs to be scripted in the exact same manner Charlotte Flair can do it she can nail it Asuka and Ripley are two completely different performers but they're asked to fit in the same hole <laughs> irritating two completely different shapes of peg nope everyone goes in the same way Ugh, uh, no <laughs> no uh, but anyway Still, still positives. Somehow ended on a positive. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting it to be another, uh, a little bit moany, but not as bad as last week. I guess that's my say. Is it? Is it technically better if I enjoyed it more because I went in with a low bar and it pretty much hit that bar? <laughs> it's a hard one. Uh, anyway, you can hit me on Twitter at the damn implicat. That's damn as in damn. You can follow me on Twitch. Uh, the implications with the uh, two S's. Been some streaming today. I did uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Because it's free on PlayStation. That's mental. That is mental. Uh, follow Wrestling Headlines at Russell Headlines. That's a vessel without an E. And, of course, Wrestling Headlines on Facebook, which is absolutely killing it with the numbers so far. And, uh, yeah, well, the normal stuff about Hustle. What is the random postings? We've also got the Hall of Fame uh, inductions. The Laws of Pain Hall of Fame, which has been going up this past week. So you can see all the inductions. Everybody inducted has had a special written column about them as well. If you want to go and check out those to see who got inducted this year. It's all fan voted, all voted by the visitors of the website. 
Uh, so if you want to go and uh, see who got in this year, uh, you can go and do that. And is there anything else to plug? Probably is. <laughs> it's time for bed, though. So anyway, I'll see you tomorrow for the NXT review with the new NXT logo. It's got a bird in it. <laughs> and with that, I bid with you. Adios. Ten.